0: I mentioned in the first podcast a conversation with a beautiful man, a very sincere follower of Jesus, who's been a sincere follower of Jesus for a long time, the majority of his adult life, at least, and their family's going through hell, okay? It's just hell. And he, you know, the passing comment was, I've barely had time for prayer. And that, whoa, that really got my attention because... It helped me appreciate how busy he must be, how much crisis, pressure, hard pressed on every side, but it also just caught my attention of, oh my goodness, where where have we come to as a culture when oh, I don't have time to pray, knowing that that is one of the critical lifelines. Welcome back to the Ransom to Podcast, continuing on here, a conversation with Stacy and Morgan about what do you do in times like these? How do you find God? How do you flourish as a soul? Like, how do we live? What do we need to do to come back to some kind of intimate life with God? And we've just been... Sharing some thoughts last week, like soaking worship and, you know, literally it might just mean staying in your car for, you know, let the song repeat. It might mean falling on the living room floor. We were talking about giving everyone and everything to God and how huge that's been for us to begin to practice that. And we were talking about before you even get out of bed in the morning, just that as soon as you're waking up, it's Jesus, Father. Father. I give you everything. Help me, come. I'm yours. Whatever that expression sounds like, that immediate God, yeah. that turning to God. So, picking up the conversation this week, I do want to talk a little bit about prayer because it is a lifeline and it does matter. It is one of the you know most critical things we need. You see Jesus doing it. It's so remarkable in the Gospel of Mark, chapter one. You haven't even gotten out of the first chapter, and Jesus' people are coming because he can meet needs, and now the whole town is showing up at the door, and they can't find Jesus. It says, because he would often go to solitude places to pray. Peter finds him and says, Master, everyone's looking for you. And just that you see, even Jesus knew what it meant to be hard-pressed, knew what it meant to be taxed. Would draw away to pray. So, what does prayer look like for you guys on a way that you can maintain it?
1: Yeah. Well, I think what Morgan spoke of is so important in that it's breathing for that young man to say we don't even have time to pray. I, I know he's using that as a exaggeration. Maybe it means he doesn't have an extended time of prayer, but to say, Father, mm. help me, or I give you this day. Mm before you get out of bed in the morning, is it's huge. It's reorienting. Mm. For me, I need to pray the daily prayer as part of my—before I begin the day, before I look at Facebook or my texts or, or have breakfast even. I need—I do have coffee first. But <laughs> to align myself with the truth, to come into the reality of the kingdom of God, being the deepest reality and who I am in Christ, what He has won for me. And then in the mix of that, where God calls me to pray for certain people and situations and your words of give everything and everyone to Jesus, it's part of that. Mm -hmm. And that is literally how I start my day. And it makes a huge difference. Now, if I miss a day, kind of like if you miss a night of sleep— you can kind of pretty much function the next day, but if you miss two nights of sleep, it's showing. So mm-hmm. I've, I've really learned that as part of my day, I need to start and then growing in a conversational intimacy with Jesus. So so breathing Him in, breathing Him out mm-hmm. and, and, and inviting Him into the ins mm-hmm. and outs of every, before a meeting, before a, a phone call, before all of life's re- mm-hmm. requirements. to to ask for His guidance, His strength.
0: And friends, if you're not familiar with what she's referring to, we have on our app and on our website a section on prayer that actually has a lot of very helpful prayers, and many of them in audio form as well, so you can listen to them as you're driving or listen to them as you're running or, or at the gym. But the daily prayer is something that we've formed over my goodness, 20 years of ministry and it's gone through, you know, hundreds of iterations into its current form. But one of the things that distinguishes the daily prayer, we're not talking about you jump straight into, okay, Jesus, help me with this presentation this afternoon. I'm You know, Jesus, help Susie, help her with her test. Oh, gosh, Lord, I just pray for David. I pray that he'd come back to you. Actually, we're not talking about that kind of prayer. No, not yet. We're not talking about prayer for others or even prayer for your own concerns. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a kind of prayer whereby you are realigning with God. And it just strikes me as really important to say that because it's become so natural to us. But I think when most people hear, oh, pray. Okay, yes. So, Lord, the orphans in the world, Mm. we pray for a home. And for the hungry in the world, we pray for a meal. And no, not yet. Not yet. That's that's actually not the kind of prayer we're talking about. And it certainly is not how you should begin your day, because suddenly you're in the world. You're already back into the concerns, the burdens, the passions, the dreams, the heartaches, the heartbreaks. Right. This hmm. is
1: focusing on, on who Jesus is, what he has accomplished for me.
0: Hmm. Taking your place in Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Can I read this one verse? Please. Um, from Colossians 1. It's, We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that He has for us.
0: Okay, so what mm. translation is that?
1: That's the message.
0: And read it again.
1: We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong mm-hmm. enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that He has for us.
0: Mm-hmm. I just suddenly filled with scriptural references like yes. that. Psalm 21, O Lord, the King rejoices in your strength. And the message translation mm-hmm. is: the king is strong because you're you are strong, God. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about tapping mm-hmm. into yes the strength, the resources, the provisions of God and of His kingdom. That's the kind of prayer we're talking about right now, not what we might call intervening yes. prayer. Okay, Lord, the school we you know. Okay, Lord, my work. Okay. Those there's a time for that. Yep. You betcha, but not as your life giving source. Not, not as certainly not as the first thing. Yep. And I would say not even as the primary thing, mm. or, or the bulk of it over the course of a week. The majority of the type of prayer you need is. God, you are my strength. Grant me your strength. God, you
2: are my life. Grant me your life. God, I am your son or daughter. Restore me in your love, right? That's a huge orientation, John. I mean, what I hear you saying there there are different types of prayers and all are valid yes. and necessary at different times. different times. And what I just want to offer by way of observation, these beautiful verses that you both are pointing to, you have meditated on those you have spent time sitting with them and god wondering what does it look like to not grit it out right stacy with that verse Mm -hmm. where you're soaking you're staying with god i think i would say this category has grown more um, than most categories for me of what does it look like to kind of practice more of a contemplative prayer and as we talked about in the last episode it requires a concerted shift in energy to say, I'm going to sit, I'm going to stay, I'm going to be present to this moment. I know for me, Psalm 16 has been huge in realigning with God where it it says, Mm. in Psalm 16, David suggests there's a way to live, to become the kind of person that's not shaken, that's not moved. And I find myself asking, I want to become that. Um, How do I get there? Me too. Right. Me too. And he says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I don't just pray that verse. I found myself going again and again to Psalm 16 in the NIV, in the message, in the passion, chewing on that verse, going, Oh, I want to, well, I can't pick God the Father up and set him in front of me. Right. It's I have to reorient myself where my gaze is on God, where I am oriented to the reality of his kingdom. And I find God is near and he is infinitely available. A wise mentor once said, our soul's infinite need can only be matched by God's infinite capacity and desire Mm. to fill us Mm. and so i've i've been meditating on psalm 16 quite regularly where it says keep me safe O god for in you i take refuge Mm. i pause and say god i want to know safety what is it to choose refuge in you to hide in you to find my safe place in you and then in the passion i appreciate for example it says god you are my portion you are my prize you are my pleasure Well, friends, let me just confess, a lot of times when I'm reaching for alcohol or food or a strategic list of stuff to get done, I don't feel like God's a great prize. He's not providing much pleasure. He doesn't feel like a big enough portion, but the kingdom, that's that's the reality of the kingdom. And as I align myself with that, and I take the time, I find that I withdraw my need for life from other people mm. and other things, and I begin to find it in God. And what I actually do is give you the greatest gift I could give of me being my true self rooted in God. And that's what I can bring to the community. And frankly, John, I just want to confess, I need you to find your life in God just as much as you need me to find my life in God. It's one of the great treasures we bring to the kingdom is each of us finding our life in God. Yep. It's the one
0: thing that's most needed. It's the greatest thing you could do for the
1: world. What I'm struck by right here is we're talking about praying, but what we've got to is the Word. Mm. So, time in the Word, mm. in Scripture. I was recently at something, and a, a woman was just talking, and she's jumping around, and just ex- examples from Nehemiah, and from mm. Ezekiel, and from Esther, and Deborah, and Jael. I mean, all, all just, just coming out, flowing out, and I went, oh, man, just this hunger to know the Scriptures and the stories yes. to that depth. Mm. And so, life, the word is life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Psalm one. Blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Uh, and that would eliminate an awful lot of media, or stand in the way of sinners, and that would eliminate an awful lot of Facebook, or sit in the seat of mockers, and that would do away with most television. But his delight, her delight, is in the law of the Lord, in the word of God. Mm. And on his word, they meditate day and night. They're like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Mm. Mm. Oh, like that passage, Mm. its leaf does not wither. And Peterson translated it in the message, it's a tree replanted in Eden. Mm. Like it's getting back into the garden uh, of nourishment and life and sustenance that the soul was made for. And it's because scripture is something that you are consuming. You're consuming it. And in in this day of so many different resources, translations, Bible apps, I was just reading that on the Bible app on my phone, Mm -hmm. okay? So I'm putting my phone to a better use. (laughs) Yeah, And the Bible apps, so helpful. Search functions. I can't remember where that verse is located, so I'll type in a couple of words and it'll find it for me, you know?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And translations you can compare and, you know. But you're taking fierce mastery over your device, right? Rather than saying, nope, no cell phone, there's just a certain increasing maturity to say, I'm going to harness this thing and I'm going to exercise turning it off and when i'm using it for for good
0: yeah and audio bibles can we just right. give a shout out to our friends daily audio bible yes. podcast I mean, yeah. brian harden reads through the bible in a year and you can just listen in your car this doesn't need we're not setting a high bar okay we're not trying to set this this spiritual high bar you can't get to you can get to this right you can get to it. A lot of the a lot of the online Bible programs will deliver you a verse a day. Mm. And so you're just gonna get it in, in your inbox or to your phone every day. And that's just helpful. Like here, here it is. Read, read. Just a reminder. Right.
1: I just started the app where it reads it to me. It just starts at the beginning mm. and just reads it. So just like letting that play is yeah.
0: Yeah. a good thing. Just huge. Now we're gonna come back to this idea of being rooted there like a tree planted or rooted or established or grounded by streams of water we're going to come back to that because that's what we're headed towards but i think in this episode our second episode we're just, we're trying to pick up on where we were last time and build on a few more additional thoughts i want to bring up a big category when we are in hard times when we are hard pressed and frankly i just means like today tomorrow like when you live in a culture like ours and a world like ours, you're going to be hard-pressed. What is going to happen is your vulnerable places will be found. Your vulnerable places will pop because they can't take the pressure. Bless them, okay? It's kind of a gift, but hang with me. When you are subjected to the kind of spiritual world we're in right now, the kind of pressures that we're in right now, the pace the vulnerable places in you will begin to pop. They'll show up, they'll throw tantrums. You know, you'll start doing your addictive things, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. This, this is a beautiful opportunity. Instead of cursing them or shaming them, instead of beating yourself up, the, the best thing that can happen to a human being right now in this environment is for more and more of our vulnerable places to be healed. The single best thing that could happen to a human being right now is that different things and different people, but you know what I'm talking about, the vulnerable places in you, the wounded places, the broken places, the young places, or just places in you that simply haven't been strengthened. Your soul is weak there. You don't know how to resist criticism. You don't know how to say no. hmm Right? You're not sinning. You're, you're not wrong or evil. You're just weak. So the different types of vulnerability are going to pop. They're going to start breaking down in a moment like this, in a world like this. Fabulous. Because we need to find them so that we can heal them or so that Jesus can heal them. And so I just want to hold up this huge banner right now and say, gang, the kindest and one of the most important things you can do is the
2: healing of your vulnerable places. What does that look like? John, ask you a question. So what I hear you saying is at play at any given moment is an internal world and an external world. So though certain things might be happening externally, they often are triggers to become aware of what's happening internally right? Triggers is a very good word. Okay, so can you give an example of here's how you would apply that externally, these are the circumstances, but internally, it's actually something else that I'll miss if I'm not paying attention to my soul in the very place that God's wanting to bring integration. Yeah, okay, so let's say what got triggered was anger,
0: and let's say for you, the trigger is, once again, someone forgot to do what they were supposed to do, and it just made your life harder. Mm. They didn't make carpool in time, right? They didn't respond to your email in time, and so you can't respond to the boss's email in Mm. time. They didn't answer your phone call. They didn't answer your text. All kinds of different triggers for different people, external things. The guy cut you off on the freeway, Mm. right? Triggers, and then boom, the anger's there. The old anger's back, okay? Now, instead of shaming, blaming, shoving it down or simply going with it, here is the opportunity to say, oh, Jesus, this is a part of my soul that needs your care. I want these vulnerable places to be healed up and sort of, quote, the open doors closed because the enemy has a field day with them, right? He comes and he doesn't attack you in your strength, right? He attacks you in your vulnerable places. And so, First, let me just repeat: the more that we can have as a category, I want my vulnerable places to be healed up, shored up, loved uh, into Christ. You know, I want them healed. I want to. I want. I want them restored. I want to have fewer and fewer vulnerable mm-hmm. places. Then you will be a human being who can live in a day like ours mm-hmm. and can flourish in a day mm-hmm. like ours. And, and so. Let me just give you a couple categories in that. The basic category of breaking agreements. Your vulnerable places have these very fundamental agreements, right? And you're going to hear it. It's probably going to come out of your mouth. So the trigger was, you know, somebody didn't answer your text. They didn't return your call. The trigger was they cut you off on the freeway. The trigger's there. The anger happens. And what pops out of your mouth is this always happens. Mm. This always happens. Okay. That's an agreement, that has taken deep
2: root in your soul and you need to break that agreement john just to put it in perspective like how often do you do that how often do you practice i mean you you've probably done that before and is that kind of one and done no and obviously that
0: we alan we probably need to alan's our producer and he's also here in the studio with us we probably need to do a whole series on on healing vulnerable places because it's not fair to just throw a few things into it but it's not fair not to mention yes. this yes. in a podcast series on hard times and hard pressed, okay? Right. So, I, 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 I can't not say something about yes. it. But, Morgan, let me say, I think that over the course of a year, any human being could experience genuine restoration in a few of their vulnerable places. I think more than one. I think less than a dozen. I mean, let's not set the bar too high, but let's not set it too low either. Like this is accessible. How is it accessible? Isaiah 61, Jesus, I invite you into this vulnerable place. And what is it? The fear and anxiety, the compulsion to eat, look at porn, rage, check out, veg, what what is it? Oh, the anger's back, the isolation's back, the shame is back. So you, you have your vulnerable places. They don't need to remain so. I've come to heal that which in you is broken, Mm -hmm. Isaiah 61, and I've come to deliver you from places of bondage, okay? So, I want to heal and free so that over time, your soul is becoming more and more whole. And the more whole your soul is, the more you're able to handle times like these, the more you're able to say no. The more you're able to be okay when someone lets you down again. The more that you just find yourself, I I don't need to eat right now. And so, again, breaking agreements, inviting Jesus into it, and asking him to do what he promises to do. In Psalm 23, he restores my soul. Jesus, this is a vulnerable place. I'm inviting you in to heal this heal this up in me this doesn't we don't this isn't rocket science gang this doesn't need to be massive now are there categories of brokenness that require other types of intervention of course do some of you need to see a counselor of course it is healing prayer but we can't throw everything into that bucket and go and unless you can get to you know john and stacy eldridge's next conference or unless you can pray with someone on the phone at ransomed heart you know you're screwed That's absurd. That's not how God operates in the world. Everyone has access to Jesus. Everyone. At all times. Everywhere. And Jesus is a healer. And the more that we give him opportunity, take these vulnerable places and go, oh my goodness, Jesus, I want wholeheartedness. Please come into this vulnerable place. And do your cleansing work? Do I need to break an agreement here, Lord? Oh my goodness, there's so much self-hatred here. Wow, Jesus, I renounce self-hatred. Whoa, there's so much fear here. Jesus, I renounce fear. I reject it. I break it. And instead, I invite the presence of a living God here to do your restoring work in my soul just a category of vulnerable places are going to come up in hard times, hard-pressed on every side. And I want that to be an operating category for our friends, just like, oh, yes, let's get this one buttoned up because over time, over time, wholeheartedness is your inheritance. Last podcast, we mentioned media. You want to restore your soul, start cutting media you know whatever that you can just you, you can look up the different data online you know we're now at like americans consume 12 hours of media a day in Does various forms on
1: facebook and yes stuff?
0: yeah screen time any oh, screen, screen time. time phones tablets televisions computers the collection of all those things of your screen oh, time okay for the average person, is somewhere between 10 and 12 hours a day, which is absolute madness. It's You just go, what else are you doing with your life? <sighs> like, that's those are your waking hours. Go outside, <laughs> quick. <laughs> exactly. So, I would, I would just say, you want to restore your soul, begin to detox from media. Because all of these practices are creating space in your life for God, space in your soul for God. Okay, so that would be one. And then let me name a last for today. Coming back to the idea of vulnerable places, normally hard times, hard pressed, will reveal the things in your soul that need tending to. And while it is not an occasion for shame, it actually may have something to do with you. You you may be contributing to this crisis. (laughs) You You may be contributing to the madness. Now, here's the problem. Stop, everybody, hang on, listen very carefully, bless you. There are certain personalities that just went there and like, yes, it's me. Of course it's me. Actually, I'm not talking to you. It probably isn't you. <laughs> there, there, there is a personality type, a group of dear folks who would go straight there. And, and any time there's pressure, crisis, disappointment, hard-pressed, they go immediately to, I did this, I brought this on myself. You've got to just take all that to Jesus and and get his opinion on that. You're probably not a good personal referee, right? Mm -hmm. You probably shouldn't be calling fouls on yourself because you're in the game. Let somebody else do that. However, the scriptures do say, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I cling to your word. Mm -hmm. Now I cling to your way of doing life. Mm Yes, yes. There may be some things about your life that hard-pressed times reveal need to change. And so, it is an opportunity. God will often use these things in my life to access some of the choices that I'm making, some of the priorities I have, frankly, where my heart is set. And to begin to help me disentangle from the world and disentangle from all that to just live a more consecrated life. Because mm. what's going to see you through, dear ones, what's going to see you through is a more consecrated life, both internally and externally. Like there's, there's very consecrated things you can do externally. You can cut your media intake down. Mm-hmm. You can pause each day for a moment of silence. You can turn worship on, I guarantee you. You can fit it in. You can create external practices of a consecrated life. And it will make you stronger. And there are things that you can do internally. The vulnerable places, right? The habitual agreements that over time, you are a more consecrated soul you internally. And I'm telling you, though, the combination of those things, you're going to be okay. Mm. You you will do so much better than if you hadn't done those mm. things, right? And you're going to do 10 times better than your neighbors mm. who aren't doing any of it, Right? You've been listening to the Ransom Heart Podcast, part two of a conversation on hard-pressed and living in an hour like ours where the culture is mad and the spiritual environment is, is so difficult. How do we live? How do we do well? That's what we're trying to offer. John Eldridge here with my wife, Stacy, and with my friend, Morgan. And we'll be back next week with one more in this series, at least to just continue to try and give you some very practical things to live a more consecrated life.